So we uh, we we got a call from a a county that I'm not going to name. Okay. Um, but if you watched the show Sons of Anarchy, that county, <laughs> that one. So they call and they say, "Hey, so we're at this um, assault with a deadly weapon call that we're going to actually charge as attempted murder, uh, where this dude stabbed his brother." And he's gone, but we we pinged his phone, and it says it's in your city. Do you guys think that you could go over to this particular place in your city and see if he is there? So, sure, why not? Roll over, and sure as shit, he's there, <laughs> sleeping in his car. Nice. And good evening, salutations, and any other hello words you have. Brandon! Hi. What's up? That's Hi. <laughs> Episode 17. One seven. We're in heaven. 17. Had a lot of shit going on this week. Worked many days since we last recorded. And now we get to talk about that. I love the interest. You always come in like this great, like super caffeinated up, like morning drive time radio host. Like, hey, it's Mike in the morning. Good to see you. Good to have you. And then we just settle into it. And by the end of it, we're both like half dead of like, fuck off. <laughs> well, I'm Mike Morazzo. That's Brandon Silvera. Thank you for Hi. joining us. And uh, yeah, we are caffeinated. I just had some caffeine. I need more. I had whiskey. And you had whiskey? I did. Is that safe to do before a show? Probably not. That's okay. It's not I'm like a you rebel, have to drive. Mike. I'm like Vin Diesel with my left quarter mile at a time. Uh, that must be a fast and furious <laughs> reference. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it that's all Vin Diesel does, man. Well, he's done nine of them? Yeah, nine. Well, right. he didn't do Tokyo Drift. So he's oh, done that's eight. right, because that, that like was a good none, idea. Like, none of them did that one. Like, right. that's where everyone thought the franchise was going to die. And they're like, no, we're going to beat this dead horse some more. Well, after that, they went back to doing other ones. And for some right? reason, they, they still, yeah, oh, yeah. And then they just, for some reason, keep doing well. I think I saw the first one. I saw the, f I've seen up to when they brought in the rock and okay. then it was kind of like, Oh, we're just going to keep doing this over and over and over. And then when they had like the 16 mile long runway, that's where they lost me. Oh, not when the Dodge charger jumped off a cliff, caught a cable no. and came Oh wait, that's the, no, new that one. one's totally plausible, dude. Science. I guess. Yeah. You know, this has been a horrible week in law enforcement. Yeah, I'm aware. That's why I drink. Yeah. But your week was okay? Yeah, we uh, we caught a couple of bad guys. You did? We did, so. Say, say more. So, <laughs> say more words. Uh, say so, more words. just a little, a little thing for all of you uh, coppers out there. When you're going to call another agency and say, hey, this guy's phone is pinging in your city. Can you guys go see if he's there? Have a plan. 
have a plan for when we call back and go, yeah, he's there. So we uh, we, we got a call from a, a county that I'm not going to name. Okay. Um, but if you watched the show Sons of Anarchy, that county, <laughs> that one. So they call and they say, hey, so we're at this um, assault with a deadly weapon call that we're going to actually charge as attempted murder. Uh, where this dude stabbed his brother and he's gone, but we, we pinged his phone and it says it's in your city. Do you guys think that you could go over to this particular place in your city and see if he is there? So sure. Why not roll over and sure as shit. He's there (laughs) just sleeping in his car. Nice. Sleeping in the car. Yeah. So call him back. Cool. Yeah, he's here. What do you want us to do? You got like a you got Ramy Warren on file. You got you got anything? You got any kind of good uh, stuff for us to do? Like, no, we were just kind of hoping that you could uh, on view something and then arrest him, and then we'll like make uh, something up. Well, like sit there, stare, and be like, "Hey, it's a suspicious car parked in a dark park or parked in a parking lot where uh, none of." the businesses are open so maybe you could just like hey what's up and then like maybe hopefully he he there's a reason to deprive him of his freedom and then and then we can just uh, (laughs) that doesn't sound legal (laughs) well it is what they're hoping for is that we can contact him say hey it's a suspicious vehicle It, it, it is suspicious to be parked in a parking lot where all the businesses are closed so it's not out of the realm of possibility to go out. Like that That's a vehicle that we would check on anyways. Typically, right, a suspicious vehicle. Yeah. And typically, you're going to find, like, typically with, the, with, with people who are sleeping in their cars in parking lots after businesses are closed, typically you're going to find some sort of narcotic or paraphernalia or... Weapons. Weapons, or they're going to be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. There is going to be a reason to deprive them of their freedom. But when you have another agency calling you and saying, hey, can you do that? Like that, that sniffs of being shady. Right. So thankfully, the good sergeant goes, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) We can't do that. Best I can do is we'll watch it from a distance. You go right away. A, Ram- a quick Ramey warrant real quick, which is... We don't have those, by the way. You don't have those? No. Those are great. It's a great tool. So what a Ramey warrant is, for those of you who don't know, is basically a an arrest warrant that you are bypassing the district attorney. You're, saying that you're showing that this person is such a clear and present danger to the public at large that he needs to be taken off the street right now. Cannot wait. So... Instead of sending it to a district attorney who will look at it and then they walk it over to a judge and then the judge goes and and signs it, you just go straight to judge. So my boss runs it up to our lieutenant and says, hey, this is the plan. We're going to watch this guy and then when they get – if and when they are able to get the Ramey warrant, then we'll go contact him and uh, take him into custody. LT signs off on it, and thankfully he is a former SWAT guy. Excellent. So he pulls 
about four of us together and says, all right, cool, we're going to do some cool guy stuff. So we, uh, did, he does a real quick <laughs> down and dirty of how to uh, tactically park somebody so that they cannot flee. Nice. And then uh, we carried out a high-risk stop on the guy and took him. And thankfully, the, uh, the crazy on him had worn off, and he, he went into custody relatively easy. That's good. Thank God. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward a few days, and we had uh, a homeless person hit by a car who perished. Yeah. Or oh, not... this is a different one. Yeah, so this is a different one. This is a couple days later. Uh, I guess they... I don't know if they're dead yet. It's one of those where they're they're going to live like, but not through, well through the night. But okay. they're going to probably die days or weeks later. Yeah, it's a hit and run, so it's felony hit and run, and we don't have much on the suspect vehicle other than just a kind of a vague description that it's a gray SUV. So we get a call like two hours into my shift. <laughs> So the RP is saying that his son was involved in an accident where somebody died. And he's here to turn himself in. Could you be so lucky? It's that that never happens. <laughs> yeah. So the kid was, it turns out the kid's like 19 years old and panicked. He didn't hit somebody. He did hit somebody. He he is he's the exact person that we were oh, looking for. Oh, okay. He just panicked and took off. Yeah, he panicked, fled the scene. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, so we go down to the main uh, police station, and nobody's there. So we call the dad back. We're like, hey, we're here. Where are you? He's like, well, I waited, I waited, I waited, and nobody came, so I went home. I'm like, okay, well, where are you? I'm at home. Where's that? Well, I'll just come bring him in in the morning. I'm like, no, no. No, no. no we'll no, come no, no, get no, you. No, no, no. It's okay. We'll come to you. It's fine. It's going to be great. So we roll on down to where he is, and he, the kid, the kid came out and Again, when, when got taken into custody, easy peasy. Good, so a couple so, of high quality arrests from yeah. some good incidents. Well, not good incidents. Yeah, but well, it's good it's on one your of those, part. Yeah, it's one of those like talking to the kid. Like I kind of feel bad for him. Like it it was an accident. He panicked. He did the absolute wrong thing. Right. And and left, but. If he had stayed, and my buddy told who was the uh, the case officer on it, uh, was talking to me. He goes, "Dude, if you had stayed there, you would have been home tonight. You wouldn't have gone to jail. At most, we would have done a blood draw on you." Right. Did we need have... more people to know that that's how that works. Yeah. So, like the the accident that I more or less on viewed, where the guy died, that driver went home. He didn't go to jail. Because it was an accident, right? It's, well, it's not. It's not on purpose, right? We call them in the safe driving community. We call it a crash because accidents can be avoided. So, well, this could no, have been avoided no. had had the pedestrian not crossed against the red. So, this right. was an he accident. Was at fault. Yeah, he was at fault for it. Which kind of, I always feel kind of messed up saying like the person who died is like it's your fault. When you step off a curb across against the light and you get hit, then you're no, at fault. Yes, it is 100% his fault. But So what else happened? Uh, let's see. What else did happen? That was, that was more of the two big things from the, from the week. The search still continues for uh, the uh, mystery guy. So hopefully that 
that pans out soon. And uh, since I hit my three-year mark with my agency on, uh, well, it'll be the day after this episode comes out. That's right. I've started uh, the process to become the an FTO, a field training Woo-hoo! officer. So Come join the us, crowd. That'll give us some real good stories. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully I get to train one more person before I'm no longer doing this job because I love training. I love being a training officer. Yeah. The downside is I'll have to leave my district where I work. How come? Well, because we have dedicated training districts. Um, That doesn't make any sense. Well, in a city as big as ours, if you go to, like, say, the rich part of town where some of the Sharks players live and some of the 49ers players live. Sure, not a lot of not bad a stuff lot going on there. of stuff to go there. And the whole point of field training is to get you as much exposure as possible. I, I know what the point is. I know, but some of the people listening may not know, Mike. Right, you're right. So Sorry. if we stick you in a snooze fest... All you're going to know is how to go into a dark parking lot, sit there, and binge Netflix. And you can't learn that till your 15th year. You can't learn that until you're off probation. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have some of our more gang-riddled areas of the city as a training district. And then my sister district is a training Your district. sister works in a district by you? No, my sister lives in the southern part of town. Okay. So, but I think that the district, so the district I work in used to be a training district. And I think it should be because it's, we looked at the stats and it's 300% busier than the next busiest district. So we, we turn and burn most of the night. Now, a lot of it is just kind of, I don't, I don't call them all crazy, but maybe people who are exaggerating, but the stress level when you get the call of like, there's a guy walking around with an AK 47. Uh, like there, especially if you've never been to that call before, like there's a bit of an adrenaline dump, right? The stress level goes up and it's good to get these, these newer kids. Some of the, some of that experience. Like it's, it's been fun with my team. Cause I'm the, the senior most dude that, uh, the first time that call came out, like our dude, our guy who just got off probation was like wide eyed, like, <laughs> dude, this is going to happen. I'm like, no, man, <laughs> I've been to this place before. They're nuts. <laughs> it's maybe a BB gun. We call them 1096, which might be a good name for a woodworking company. 1096 Woodworks. Crazy Woodworks. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> designs. I'm going to say here we, we do 5150. So, and, yeah, that, well, and that gets used. That's a great album. A lot. We just had an officer die. You did. Yeah. Chicago had two shot tonight and murdered and died. Yeah. Ours. Fuck, man. No, not in line of duty. He was on vacation. He was Uh, killed while he was on vacation? Yeah, in Hawaii. Got swept out. uh, Took on a bunch of water. They found him, got him on the boat, brought him back with CPR. Um. He's been in a coma for like the last week. Did you guys know about it? Yeah, we, we knew that he was in a coma. Um, fuck. So sorry, man. Fuck. 
he's a good dude too. I like I've only met him a couple of times because he's a day shifter. But fuck, man, that's rough. The job's bad enough. You don't need to die on vacation. Yeah, in fucking paradise with your family. How old is he? Uh, fuck. I think he's in his like forties, maybe maybe fifties. Yeah, he'd been a cop for the last twenty years, so he was getting close to the end. Yeah, like late forties. God damn it. Sorry, dude. <sighs> Fuck. I gotta find that morning band. I hate putting that thing on. Mine hasn't come off. I'm the only guy in my department that's wearing one still because we're losing. It's like every week. Well, this week. That's Yeah. What, like five? No, more. And then the two Chicago guys tonight or females yeah. and then your buddy. So we're like 11 this week. So I don't take it off. And people yeah. ask me about it. Who, who died in your department? I say nobody, but an officer's murdered or dies every day almost across the United States. So I, I'm representing and honoring all of them. Yeah. And my leadership hasn't said anything to me. So yeah. Sucks. Yeah. I don't even want to tell you my stories anymore. <laughs> It's all right. I mean, it's life. Life goes on. It sucks. I mean, he could have been a banker also and passed away on vacation. Yeah. But yeah, the, the we, tragic we thing pay is, more attention to this stuff. Yeah, it's it's personal for us. Like, right. The tragic thing. I'm like, it's not the job. It's not the job he had that makes it tragic. It's the fact that he leaves behind a wife and kids. That he he died in the middle of his life, not at the end. Yeah. It, what makes it worse for me is because we do this job, there's already a risk. Right. So like we, you go on vacation with your family. The last thing that that family's thinking about, they're thinking, dad's not on the street. Dad's not in danger. We don't have to worry about that. Right. About this outcome. Yeah. And then, and then that happens. Yeah. Uh, shit ain't fair, man. All right. What else ha happened at work for you? Anything else? Um, not a ton. Got to, you know, do the uh, talk to the FTO office about becoming an FTO. So that'll be fun to do, uh, especially if I go to a, one of the teams that actually has a couple of my friends that have have a little bit more time on. Uh, they're already FTOs, so it'll be fun to kind of work with them again, and then we can kind of... It's also the senior guy on that team is one of my old FTOs, so that'd be kind okay. of a nice full circle moment. I'd like to get on that team before he either gets promoted or, or moves on to... Uh, he's trying to go to the auto theft uh, task force, which will be which will be really cool for him. Okay. Uh, I'm excited for you to be an FTO, because I'm very proud of that job yeah i used to uh i was essentially what i did when i was in the military is i was a trainer so and, and that was one of the things i really enjoyed doing was seeing like especially as a supervisor in the military see see my guys like one of them just became a, a military training instructor down at lackland so now he's shaping the next generation of airmen i right. have i think all of my guys that stayed in are either currently uh, senior NCOs, so now they are like supervising supervisors, 
so like upper level leadership now, uh, wow. or have a spot in line to do that, to or be. they're, or, yeah, to become that, or they're uh, training the next generation of of airmen, and that's I, I still I see that stuff, and I still get incredibly proud. Yeah, I I told you my buddy Brian just retired, and he was my FTO, so I hope I always have the same effect on my trainees that I felt for Brian, you know, that Brian hit on me. So it's funny because we were sitting around this week and before the shift on our last night of the week, which was Thursday night at the beginning after roll call and Drew, who I trained and then my buddy Danny trained him for like the second part of his training made a smart ass comment about oh man i'm so lucky i had one of the best ftos and i'm sitting there and danny's sitting there <laughs> and then he goes thanks a lot dan for really t-. and i looked over i'm like fuck you <laughs> i trained dan too damn it <laughs> so he was just busting my seeing if i was paying attention because i was in my phone yeah he's sitting know, there looking at shit right what you motherfucker. Yeah. So, I worked a bunch since we last spoke. And, you know, I've been writing down every call on my phone. So now I'm looking at it. Let's see what we got here. Domestic. Nah. Subject stuck in an eleva- elevator. Who cares? That's a fire department call. But they send me first. You know, because I have to verify. Like when there's a tornado, people don't yeah. know this. The police are sent first if there's a tornado sighting because Joe Blow, who also sees spaceships, can call and say he sees a tornado. <laughs> so you really need a police officer to almost get sucked up in the wind tunnel to verify that there's a fucking tornado. That's oh, why they send man. a police officer because we don't so, lie. Actually, I have a funny story about tornadoes and having to be stuck there. So, so one of the things that I was responsible for in the military is I had classified information in my office. So I was like main security controlling entry and exit into the area I was at. So we had a couple of instances where there was a tornado, uh, which, which is more severe, watch or warning? I'm going to say warning. Okay. I can't, I can't I remember could Google the, it. Like the hierarchy of it, right. but we'll call it a warning. Okay. So we get the... Uh, we get the, the notification of, hey, there's a tornado warning in your area. Get everybody uh, you know, downstairs into the secured area. I go, okay, cool. So then I go down after and like, no, you stay topside in the office. And why? <laughs> go, well, we want you to be able to verify that there is a tornado. What am I going to do? You want me to shoot it? Right. Like, it, I am – no, you have to maintain – security that way if somebody i was like we have sensors tornado <laughs> like, sensors yeah no we have a sensor for people like just let that no. thing go up let that tell you like i'm going downstairs man no you gotta stay you gotta stay topside man you're i need to get in the basement no you're essential I'm like that's a bunch of bullshit i'm going downstairs i just uh sit the classified info down with your uh you know, your opposite opposite shift counterpart. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got to sit there 
and basically be a weatherman looking out the window going, yeah, it's raining sideways. Were you like the weatherman on South Park? Is yeah, it South Park? On Family Guy? Yeah. Oh, Family Guy, right. Yeah. Did you see the deal that the South Park guys got? No. For like uh, six more years worth of uh, shows and then 14 okay. movies, they're getting $900 million. 14 movies? Has it, have they made one? Well, well, think about it. Well, you think about like the Imagination Land episodes. There's, it's three episodes that if you run them together, it's a movie. Tech, so you I, could call those movies. Okay. I don't watch the show. I love South Park. It's so good. I've it's seen so a perfect. number of them. It is, but I haven't stayed up on it. All right. Which is worse, a watch or a warning? While a watch covers a broad region... A warning is issued by a local National Weather Service meteorologist for a smaller area. A warning means that either a tornado has been spotted or a radar has picked one up. So there's the definition. And a police officer got sucked up in a fucking funnel making sure that there was a tornado there. Tonight at 11 (laughs) o'clock, local officer. We got body cam footage. Luckily, no, gonna, after the officer got sucked first. up, he flew past his police department <laughs> in the tornado and it downloaded to the server as he went by. So we have this intoxicated homeless bitch that lives in our town. And she's a C. I can't say the rest of the word. Does it rhyme with hunt? It does. And it's not bunt. So hmm. she lives in our town. And we get this call for her at an apartment building. I Did I tell you that she was, when I showed up, she was swearing at me? And then she went across the street to the Dunkin' Donuts. Remember the last episode? Yeah. Same right. chick. Same chick. She, <laughs> she won't go away. So now we have a number of homes that have popped up that are like three stories. Massive homes. And for the price, they're like maybe $600,000, which out in California would get you a small house. But out My in Aramis, is, they're is, pretty was, big. Was less than was less than six. And I have a five-bedroom. I hope so. Okay. So one of these brand-new houses that was just built, she is seen on the front porch via the ring camera by the new homeowner. Okay. So... We go over there, and now she has wandered off. But the homeowner comes out to speak to us, and she's like, I didn't know I moved into the ghetto. I'm like, what do you she mean? research. The city's <laughs> right there. We, I, I don't know what to tell you. You think there's like a so, magical barrier that they just can't I know. cross? It's like... <laughs> In the old restaurants, when you had smoking and non-smoking, you'd sit right next to a booth that was smoking, and an invisible wall would keep the smoke from wafting into your face. Or in well, a plane. See, it's, like, it's like COVID. Like, once you're in a restaurant, once you sit down, the COVID right. can't get you. you can it take your mask off. Yeah, exactly. It up, stays up high. Same so. thing. So this it's chick split stupid. before we could get her. And this homeowner said she moved she didn't know she moved to the ghetto and i took offense to that so we couldn't find that woman (laughs) that day then we had 
a battery. Now, this is Friday night. This is why I don't like working weekends. There's a fight at the bar. It's usually how we, a battery occurs. Right. Well, it's not. Yeah. So the call came out that there this woman got punched or something. So as Drew's pulling up, he's getting the frantic hand waver running out onto the major street in the, at night. Right. Over here. So he's like, oh, shit. He pulls up, makes contact with her. I think this is her. where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I pull up right after him. And this chick is fucking hammered. Yeah, we don't is. normally take complaints from drunk people. I don't know about you guys. Because a lot of times, they don't even know where they're at, let alone what happened. No, I usually just send them to the hospital. Yeah, we should have done that. Yeah, ambulance guys hate me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have that conversation a lot with our ambulance guys. So she's saying that she got punched in the chest or some bullshit. She's given us a description of the offender, and she wants to sign complaints for battery. And Can then I got the bartender the coming out. <laughs> and I said, where is this guy? Because now we're looking for him, and we can't find him. So I'm like, okay, he's gone. Four patrons come up to me from the bar that don't know either one of the two combatants. And they said the same thing. She's outside smoking. This other guy, the offender, was outside smoking as well. And he had a drink on the ground. So he bent down to pick up the drink, accidentally bumped this chick. That's all that happened. We almost got her in her car with her sober boyfriend okay. driving to leave. Almost. It was like 10 minutes. We can't get her in a fucking car. She won't shut up. I hate drunk people. I hate them I so know, much. Me too. <laughs> we finally got her walking towards the car. And here comes the fucking idiot who was involved. He's walking <laughs> out of the bar. He must have been in the bathroom. Hey, you looking for me? So Drew, she's like, there he is. That's him. That's the son of a bitch. Damn it. Drew's like, <laughs> I mean, literally, I was in my car. We're getting ready to drive away. So he comes out. He's walking towards uh, Drew. And he says, uh, you looking for me? And he's, you know, drunk. And, and Drew says, yeah, why don't you? Tell me what happened. And this dick. Well, you fucking tell me what happened. So Drew explains while we're there what we're doing. A call that we're investigating. We have her side of the story. We need your side of the story. I don't have to fucking tell you anything. No, no, you do. It never plays out well. This is an official call. She's implicating you in a battery. What's your name? I just need to get your name and your phone number. We're going to cut her because she's hammered. I've got witness yeah. statement. I don't have to fucking give you my name. No, no. Now you do. Buddy, buddy, you want to do this. I'm going to go <laughs> back in the bar. And Drew goes, the fuck you are, grabs his arm. And he goes, you can't fucking grab me. And I come over there. Oh, yeah. Now and we can. And here we go. <laughs> and then all these people come out. His friend, you better not do that. 
to us, not him. The bartender comes out. <laughs> First of all, the little bitch bartender that came out when I went in to look for this guy. She's, this is what she said to me. Um, can you leave soon? Because all the squad cars out there are ruining my business. Oh, I said, I'm going to park out no. here all night, lady. I'm going to put the oscillating lights on now because I just have the cruise lights on, you know? Oh, yeah. Now we're going now we're, oscillating now, lights. Now we're going full disco. I said, I hope I send all your fucking customers down the street just for that comment. So I went back out. And then when we grabbed this guy, now we're telling him he's being arrested for obstruction. We cuff him and she comes running out and she's like his friend. And now he's hammered too. So she comes out and she starts butting in. And I go, listen, not only am I parking here now, how about I shut the fucking bar down for over serving? Because I know they didn't just get here hammered like this. They've been in your bar and you've been over serving them. And she didn't like that too Uh, much. So uh, she turned around uh, and went back inside. See, no, don't uh, do what, that. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. She, she wasn't ready now. So we take that guy in. We cut the chick. We got all of her info. She's like, I want to see the videotape. You know, all this bullshit. That's what court's so for, buddy. We get it. This guy's got no record. He's like 47, never been in trouble. Big dick. She's an idiot. He's an idiot. And we're like, we're, we're about to book you matter? with <laughs> Mr. Meaner. He's the meme. Famous, He's that eh? guy with the big dick. You click on something, it's that meme of the guy on the bed with the dick hanging down. Oh. <laughs> Someone else got me again this week with that one. That guy gets around. So we end up, we're going to book this guy with a long form, Mr. Meaner, because he just won't shut up. We're trying to tell him, listen, you've never been in trouble. Well, I want to file a false police report against her. She filed a false report. I said she didn't file a false report because we didn't take it. We have to do an incident report, but we're not doing a battery report against you because all the statements showed that he didn't punch this chick. So anyways, we dealt with that fucking guy. You're being arrested for being drunk in public, you dumbass. Stupid, obstructing. So we end up, you know, we gave him a local ordinance because we get money then and the county gets shit. Because he has to go to our court, and we'll make some money. Not Cook County, where he'll just you know get back out in two seconds. This is yet another instance for being an asshole for no reason to the police. Right. Just all he had out. to do is one: don't come out asking if we're looking for you because we thought you left. There's one hint, <laughs> and then just give us your name. We'll just get it and like, go. Like Mr. Miyagi said, "Don't be there, Daniel Son." That's right. Nothing good happens after midnight. So then I had an old sergeant that used to tell me, just be a BOL. Be a be be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Bolo. Don't be don't be there. So after that debacle, we happen to be out on the street and Drew calls in a traffic stop and I cruise over by him. So Drew's a shit magnet when it comes to people that don't have driver's licenses from other countries. <laughs> I don't know how. He's got 
like, I'm from Singapore. Been here six years. Don't have a license. You know, I, these people don't Do know, you know how they to drive. Make an, an international driver's license? It's not worth anything. Did you know that? Here, but they but they actually make one that it's recognized no. in several other countries. I've had an except the United States. Except the United States is what I just said. Right. <laughs> but they'll show you that. I had somebody Look, one time like I ha- I have an international driver's license, but right. it doesn't work here, buddy. <laughs> right. That means shit. So I have a driver's license from 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 Chile. Co- I was thought you were gonna say Kuwait. <laughs> no. Now no, no. Illinois over here. <laughs> Illinois lets you get a temporary Illinois visitor's driver's license. You can get one. If you're going to be in the state for school or work, get one. Anyways, Drew's on patrol. He's doing 30 miles an hour. This guy goes past him at 70 in the curb lane. So Drew has to pull him over. He's from Brazil. Not drunk, ah. which was good. But he says, I'm from Brazil. So Drew he's, says. Yeah, he's probably said it in Portuguese, too. He goes, can you go up to the window and smell for alcohol? Because Drew had COVID and he lost his smell. Oh, still. Months of, yeah, he still months. hasn't gotten it. Doesn't have any smell. Really but his eyes were good and you know all that stuff. So I'm, I went up to the window to see if I could smell alcohol in the car. And... uh I go, hey, man, can you, where are you coming from? And he's telling me his story. And then he Brazilian says, steakhouse. I have a Brazilian driver's license. And I said, well, I hope for everyone's damn sake, if I ever go to Brazil, not everybody drives like you. Because that's ridiculous. I'm very sorry. He's a doctor. So anyways, we, <laughs> Drew's like, you know, just slow down. Just fuck go. out of here. Just go. Yeah, go. We had this domestic at a Dunkin' Donuts at the beginning of the shift. There's this woman who works in there who has a boyfriend. I think they both just left the trailer park. And the boyfriend thinks he can go in the store and behind the counter anytime he wants. So apparently... It's totally fine. Yeah. And he's drinking. So we get the call for this domestic at the beginning of the shift, and it was them too. He'd gone behind the counter. She's on the phone with the domestic violence hotline. And she made sure she told me, I'm on the phone with the domestic violence hotline. I'm like, okay, he's out there. <laughs> Did he hit you? Well, he gets no. real crazy. and he, he. Did he hit you? Well, no. Okay. He's well, outside. Well, not yet. Yeah. But I'm on the phone with the domestic violence hotline. Great. Okay. Tell him I said again. hi. And you didn't get hit. Once again, argument, right? Not very important to us. So we check the guy out. Everything's fine. We tell him he's got to go. But he's hammered. So he's got to walk away. And now, she, and it's like 730 at night. So she says, I close at eight o'clock can you guys be here in the parking lot well sure we we'll can make try. sure he, yeah because i got an i have an uber coming and i don't want him to start okay we got it eight o'clock we'll we'll be here if we can <laughs> we, we, we got it say less now i want to get a dunkin 
coffee because it's the beginning of the shift. But I don't want to get one here. So I, I tell Danny, I'm going to go grab a sandwich. I'm going to get a coffee. And I'll come back and sit with you. So we can make sure this guy doesn't come back and cause a scene. So I go, I'll do that bullshit. I pull back over by Dan. I back in. We're sitting across from the Duncan in a bank lot. Backed in. And then I hear this tire screeching in the parking lot. There's a Aldi's, which is a low discount food store. I don't know if you have them by you. Okay. No, we don't. And then Duncan Subway, a bunch of, it's a strip mall, L-shaped strip mall. And then the bank's okay. on the other corner. So we're sitting by the bank. I hear this tire screech, and I'm like, what the f- is that? And I, I, don't, I can't see anything off to my left where the noise is coming from because there's like, you know, 100 cars in a lot. Yeah. So then they have to exit in front of me. I see this. I wrote down the year. 2006 Scion BX, a BX, Boy X-Ray. It's like a little box, a little sh- piece of shit. So he goes to turn out on the main street. Oh, is it the one that looks like the state of Utah, like on its side? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little it's shitty box no, car. Not, hold on, hold on. Oh, point up to Utah. There you go. Yeah. You're getting pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that. And he, like, guns it out of the parking lot. we got two Mark squads sitting there. Squealing his front tires. I'm like, what the f- is going on? So I'm like, screw this guy. I pull out, and I pull him over. And it's some Polish guy. He's construction worker. And I said to him, what the f, f- was that? What? I said, please tell me there's a hot chick outside of all these that you are trying to impress and your Scion BX by spinning your tires. And he's like, yeah, there was. And I go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Give me your license. <laughs> it's no problem. It's okay. see hot chick. So I wrote him, asshole. Couldn't produce an insurance card, so I got an insurance ticket out of it. Say, but I'm you thinking full service. The car can barely drive down the road. It's got about $4,000 worth of power tools in the back, which may have given it enough lift for the tires to spin. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyways, that was Do you Friday. Guys have, uh, sideshows out by where you guys are? Sideshows? Yeah, so these, these jackasses that take their cars that they illegally modify and they like shut down entire intersections and then like do donuts oh no we off like shoot guns up into the air and just all kinds of just stupidity that happens oh god yes we get people doing donuts in parking lots but they're not also shooting guns off at the same time (laughs) yeah so oakland's really bad where like they will shut down major intersections and just completely take them over with like hundreds of cars. The the people illegally shut down intersections. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then they will have their own little car show where they spin tires, hmm. do donuts. We had one the other day where some kid got clipped by the car and like okay. just like brain bleed, all kinds of jacked up stuff. Like he's he's pretty jacked up. That's too uh, bad. Yeah. So it, it got so bad 
where we are that we actually passed a city ordinance to where if you even go to one, you can be cited for it. Good. And now they've taken it a step further to where if you even so much as plan, promote, share any of that stuff, yeah, you can get written for it. Good. But it's it's cool down here because we're one of the only cities that actually has taken steps to prevent this. Okay. Um, and then it's it quieted down for a little bit, but like the last two weeks, it's been like every weekend. So we have to designate a a team to like handle the, that. Essentially, a mobile field force. Yeah. So you have like you're on standby for protests or sideshows. Sideshows. Right. And then you just basically chase chase them around the city. And it's just it's so stupid. It's so time consuming because you can't even with like 15, 20 cops, like we can't stop 100 cars. No, no. People so. don't, don't understand why we can't do more about that stuff. No, we don't have the budgeting for it. Right. So Saturday. Nothing much. But we have like <laughs> some hourly rate hotels where the hookers take people. Yeah, you do. Yeah, we do. So one of the guys got a call for the guy who checked into one of our hourly rate hotels. He called the police <laughs> because the room wasn't up to his standards and he paid $150 for the room. This is like a stabbing cabin where you go and poke your hole for like an <laughs> hour and then you leave the disgusting room. So he's driving around looking for a hotel. Oh, this one looks good. By the way, it doesn't. He pulls in the lot, which is fenced. There's a fence around the building. It's an L-shaped motel with outdoor entrances. Everything about it screams, don't come in here. <laughs> and then he, things happen to good people here. Yeah. All they need is the Bates Motel sign up on the outside. And, <laughs> Just a little flickering light. Yeah. So he's he's wondering why the room looks like someone got murdered in it and he's paying $115. That's because somebody did get murdered in it. Yeah. So I I laughed at him. But so that was Saturday. This is what we like to call a civil matter. <laughs> yeah. Good luck getting your money back. On Sunday I just got a, a couple things. Remember the old black guy who was singing a song to Drew and I and he had no pants on? I told that story a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I got a 911 call to go to back to his room. I'm like, uh oh. So I go there by myself. My sergeant what, was going to meet me. What was he playing? Well, it was a it was a nine one one call, and he had said that he dialed on mistake or whatever. But they still, you know, they still send us. Yeah, are, really? are you asking what says, he was I'm good? Yeah, what was he playing? Yeah. Like, what song was he playing when you got the there? The first time I went there. No, this time. I'm assuming oh. he played you another song. Well, see, that's where you're wrong. Because the first oh. time I went there, he was drunk. And his wife was watching an old Western. So I knock on the door. It's open. And he's like, come on in. So I push the door open. And he's fully clothed, which is fantastic. Odd. <laughs> yeah. He's not drunk. Fantastic. And he's got his phone right, out. two for two. And he's over by the, he sits down. He's got his phone on the bed. 
He's got all this stuff out. And I said, hey, what's, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm just trying to get the band back together. You know, I played in a nine-piece jazz band. I'm like, I know. Last time I was here, you played me a song, which made no sense, by the way. So he's like, yeah, you know. I s he starts rambling on. My sergeant walks in. I'm like, John, you can go. <laughs> we I don't need you here. This guy's it's fine. I'm going to be here for a little while. And we don't, I don't need your help. So John's like, all right, he splits. So I notice that the wife is missing. I say, uh, where's your wife? And he said, oh, she, she's got a medical condition. She's in the hospital. I think she just had a heart attack, actually. I said, oh, man, I'll say a prayer for your wife. Cause this guy is, is a sweet guy, you know. I said, uh, so you live in here? He's like, yeah, we used to live down at this other hotel, which is the town south of me. It burned down to the ground because I think Jeez. God said, I've had enough. <laughs> I can't fix this. <laughs> that, and smite. Right. That <laughs> motel has been a shithole for like 40 years, and it's in an unincorporated part of Cook County. So county has to... Deal with those deal with issues. It. So when it burnt down, everybody was celebrating. Apparently, <laughs> like, yes, yeah, this guy lived there when it burned down. So the Red Cross put him up in our town. At this, this is the Jumper Hotel where everyone jumps out of windows. Okay, it's yeah. awfully nice of them. Luckily, he's on the second floor in case he wants to, but he would just break a hip because of his age if he jumped out the window. <laughs> So anyways, I end up staying there with him for like, you know, 15 minutes. And he's telling me this is what he's looking for. Now, I don't know if he's looking for someone that plays these instruments, but he, he wants a harmonica, a trumpet, and an, another acoustic guitar. So I kind of want to buy him a harmonica and then bring it to him. Because I think cool. that'd be pretty cool. So I, I, t I said a prayer for his wife, and then I split, you know, so hopefully she's okay. And then it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I get a call in my zone to go to one of our local bars that closed at 2 yeah. for damage to a sign. Oh, you're telling me the drunk guy broke the sign because he wanted more? <laughs> well... We, there was a hit and run the night before. So my sergeant says, oh, if that's the hit and run, see if they've got video of the offending vehicle. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I cruise over there. It wasn't a hit and run. Some drunk piece of shit who came into the bar at like one, they close it to. Uh, he came in, drank, went outside, walked. It's all on video. They've got fantastic video cameras. You can see him coming in at the time he came in. We've had all kinds of problems there. So the owners have installed a uh, DL reader, swipes your DL. Okay. Then they take a picture of the DL. Then they can make you never come back again and trespass you because they scan every DL. Okay. So this is how they keep bad people out. So anyways, this guy comes in, new guy working the door. 
swipes the DL, doesn't take a picture because he's oh, new. man. So after a shit bag leaves at 2, he's in the parking lot, probably did a hand-to-hand in the parking lot, opens his car, takes out a huge bottle of some kind of liquor, downs it, turns, and throws the bottle through the fucking sign outside by the entrance to the bar. (laughs) Just right in. I mean, points for showmanship, chugging the bottle and then chucking the bottle? Yeah, right through the sign. It's the old chug and chuck. Chug and chuck. So we had that. But the, the, the highlight of the night, the day shift, that homeless bitch who we dealt with. Okay. She shows up again during the day Saturday. Someone put up on, we have a, you, a board that we can put union stuff on. Someone put her picture up there, like wanted. She wasn't wanted for anything, but she's been such a pain in our ass. So they, they get wanted, her in someone's yard. For felony being a bitch. Right. So she ends up trespassing in someone's yard again during the day. This was, oh, remember, no. the day before we had her on a, on a porch and she got away. Yeah. This day, they catch her in someone's yard and they arrest her for trespassing and the person signs complaints and stuff. So when we that. first walk in... Someone writes captured on her picture that's up on the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, you caught that chick? Now, I was bummed out because now someone has to watch her. We have Prisoner Watch 2021. So we have to divide up the times where we have to come in every 30 minutes and check on the prisoner right in the logbook because we don't have civilians yeah. to do that. So my boss is like, we're not gonna. We're not keeping her all night. So the day shift, they're like, "Don't bond her out." So she has to go to a bond hearing tomorrow in Cook County, where they'll just release her. My sergeant's thinking, "Day shift ain't bringing this bitch. They're just gonna cut her with an I bond, anyways." I bond for those listening is a signature bond where your signature is a promise to show up in court. I don't know if you guys have that stuff by you. Yeah, well, California has something called, uh, because of COVID, they started uh, no cash bail. So uh, basically, they release you. You don't have to put up any money. uh, And then you're free to go commit more crimes. And even now with most misdemeanor crimes, we're going to cut you a citation where your signature is your promise to appear. And then same thing, different name. We have three types of bonds. I bond, which is a recognizance signature bond. Yeah. A C bond, which is a cash bond where you just pay your 200 bucks or whatever. And then a D bond that's for the misdemeanors, which is is 10% of whatever your bond is. Yeah. So that's way too complicated. Yeah. So boss goes, day shift's just going to give her an I bond anyways. So let's wait till the liquor stores close at 11. And then we'll just cut her. We'll give her an eye bond. Danny goes, I got an idea, Sarge. How about I drive her into the city? Now, normally, the city is, you know, six blocks east of us. So my boss goes, no, because then she's just going to walk back here. And you can't 
illegally give someone a ride somewhere if they don't want to go. And Dan says, no, she's asking for a she'll ride. Want, she'll want to go. She'll want to <laughs> go. And then Dan says, I'm not driving her down the street. I'm jumping on 94, driving into the city down to the lake and dropping her off down there. Then we know she ain't coming back tonight. Sarge, Sarge, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Sarge goes, you can't do that. All right. So 11 o'clock comes around. I come in for my prisoner check because we have like, we're doing it every 30 minutes and it was my turn. And the boss goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her the I-bond. I'm like, all right. So I had to do some paperwork for another call. So he's, he I-bonds her, lets her out. Six o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, sorry. 5.45 in the morning. They called Drew. Uh, passed out female subject in the hallway of an apartment building. Drew's like, motherfucker, it's her. He goes over there. It's her. She has gotten into a building. She's sleeping in the hallway. He's pissed. He's like, listen, now, mind you, if he brings her in and has to charge her again, it's a couple hours of overtime, and now she can't bond out because she's out on bond. So he says, ah, just go. get out of here. And, of course, she has an attitude because she's a C. So she starts giving him lip. He's like, listen, you want to go home or do you want to go to jail? You know, Denzel Washington and training day. I love using that line. Yeah. You're going to talk yourself into jail. You want to go to jail or you want to go home? Here's the problem. She doesn't have a home. Right? That the threat yeah, doesn't work got, with her. Yeah, do you yeah, want a cot and a like meal that. or do you want to go to the bush? Or do you want to continue to sleep on the street? Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll go, I'll go. So she goes away and he's just watching her. She's walking down the street and then she starts turning up a driveway where there's a boat and he's like, oh, oh fuck no. So he drives down the street, and he's like, what are you I, I, doing? No. <laughs> She's like, I'm looking at this boat. And he goes, get off their it. property, or you're going to nice, jail. It's a nice boat. I might want to buy it someday. Or sleep in it. So Drew, like, he yells at her. She's like, okay. And she walks away. He comes back to the station and he's looking Five at his watch. Hill. It's like six o'clock. And he's like, we've got 45 minutes. And if this bitch <laughs> shows up somewhere else, I'm going to kill her. So luckily we didn't get another call. He, he didn't get oh, stuck. <laughs> All right. So now we are going to do the officer memorial. And unfortunately, again, Brandon, too many names on this list. First one would be Trooper Micah May, Nevada Department of Public Safety, Nevada Highway Patrol. Micah May. Trooper May succumbed to injuries sustained the previous day when he was struck by a fleeing vehicle on I-15 while deploying spike strips. Normally, we don't have spike strips, but normally 
you have enough time to get these things down before these assholes come your way. Well, and you see, there's actually quite a number of officer deaths related to deploying spike strips. That's why a lot of agencies don't do it anymore. Two this week. Yeah. So it's, I, I was surprised. I guarantee you those those departments will have now policies stop. within the within the next six years or not six years but six months. Yeah. To say don't. Trooper May served with the Nevada Highway Patrol for 13 years. He's 46 years old. He was survived by his wife. Second one. Police Officer Jonathan M. Gum, United States Department of Defense, Joint Base, end of watch July 29th. Police officer Jonathan Gum suffered a fatal heart attack shortly after moving several military-style barricades in the area of Mud Run Road Bridge. He responded to reports of an abandoned vehicle in a training area where stolen cars are commonly dumped. He had to move six of the heavy metal barricades that had been chained together so that he could access the service road. And he had a heart attack. Officer Gum was a U.S. Army veteran and had served with the Joint Base Lewis-McCord Police Department for 17 years. He is survived by his wife and 10 adult children. He's 56 years old. Supervisory Border Patrol Agent Daniel Cox, United States Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, United States Border Patrol. Supervisor Border Patrol Agent Dan Cox was killed in a vehicle crash near Milepost 128 on State Route 86 near Sells, Arizona at about 12.20 a.m. Saturday, July 31st. Agent Cox's patrol vehicle and another vehicle collided head-on. Agent Cox and the driver of the other vehicle were both killed in the crash. Agent Cox was a U.S. Army veteran and had served with the United States Border Patrol for 24 years. He was 52 years old. Police Officer Lewis Andrew Andy Trailer, Austin Police Department, Austin, Texas. Police Officer Andy Trailer succumbed to injuries sustained in a vehicle crash three days earlier while responding to an emergency call for service at about 2.10 a.m. He was traveling on FM 969 when a tractor trailer attempted to make a U-turn in front of him at Decker Lane. He was unable to avoid the collision and his patrol car became pinned beneath the trailer. He was extricated and flown to the hospital. Officer Trailer was a U.S. Navy veteran and had served with the Austin Police Department for nine years. He is survived by his wife and five children. He was 37 years old. 
Border Patrol Agent Edgardo Acosta Feliciano, United States Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, United States Border Patrol. End of watch, Saturday, July 31st, 2021. Border Patrol Agent Edgardo Acosta Feliciano died from complications as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. He was 48 years old and served one year in his current role. Police Officer Scott Dawley, Nelsonville Police Department in Ohio. Police Officer Scott Dawley was killed in a vehicle crash while responding to a shooting call at about 2.30 p.m. His patrol car collided with two other vehicles at the intersection of East Canal Street and Hocking Street. Officer Dolly was flown to the Oblenis Hospital in Athens where he succumbed to his injuries. The occupants of the other two cars were injured in the collision. Officer Dolly had served with the Nelsonville Police Department for seven years. He is survived by his wife and four children he was 43 years old. Police Officer George Gonzalez, United States Department of Defense, Pentagon Force Protection Agency. Police Officer George Gonzalez, on August 3, 2021, was fatally stabbed in an unprovoked attack at the Pentagon's Transit Center in Arlington, Virginia. He was conducting a foot patrol of the transit center when a subject exited a metro bus, approached him, and stabbed him in the neck. Other officers on the scene fatally shot the subject. Officer Gonzalez was a U.S. Army veteran and had served with the Pentagon Force Protection Agency for three years. He had previously served with the Federal Bureau of Prisons for two years. He is survived by his mother and brother. His tour of five years, his age is not available. Police Officer Brian Pierce Jr., Brooklyn, Illinois Police Department. Police officer Brian Pierce was struck and killed by a fleeing vehicle while attempting to deploy spike strips on the McKinley Bridge during a vehicle pursuit at about 3 a.m. Other officers from Brooklyn had started pursuing the vehicle following an incident at a local nightclub. Officer Pierce was attempting to deploy the spike strips on the bridge just prior to the state line when he was struck. The vehicle continued to flee into St. Louis, Missouri, where it was later found abandoned. Approximately one hour later, as officers and detectives were conducting their investigation at the scene of the incident, another car drove through the police line at a high rate of speed. Officers and one of the occupants exchanged gunfire. The driver was wounded and all four occupants were taken into custody. The driver who struck Officer Pierce remains at large. Officer Pierce served with the Brooklyn Police Department for nine months 
and had previously served with the Spillertown Police Department for two years. He also served with the Makanda Fire Department. He is survived by his parents, 24 years old. Deputy Sheriff Brandon Shirley, Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. End of watch, August 5th, 2021. Jefferson County Sheriff's Office in Kentucky. Deputy Sheriff Brandon Shirley was shot and killed when he was ambushed while working a secondary employment assignment. He was in uniform and sitting in a vehicle at about 2.30 a.m. when a subject approached him and opened fire. Deputy Shirley was transported to University Hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The subject who shot him fled the scene and remains at large. Deputy Shirley had served with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office for two years. He was 26 years old. And tonight, right before we started recording, two Chicago police officers were shot and killed. And a member of your department died while on vacation. So we'll have those details next week, unfortunately. All right. I got a couple heroes of the week. I'll mention two of them. We'll save two more for the following week. And then we have a badass of the week. We haven't had one in a while. Oh, no. Badasses aren't making the news. They're out there. They are out there. They're just not making the news. So this is pretty cool. Off-duty Border Patrol agent uses a bowling ball to save a man in a burning car. Quote, that ball saved his life, said Border (laughs) Patrol agent John Leslie. Farmington Hills, Michigan, hello. An off-duty Border Control agent rescued a man from a burning car in Farmington Hills on Saturday night, according to a U.S. Customs and Border Protection news release. At about 10 p.m. Saturday night, Border Patrol agent John Leslie was traveling down Northwestern Highway south of 13 Mile Road. Too bad it wasn't at 8 Mile. Could have had some help. Oh, man, that would have been perfect. From Marshall Mathers. Uh, well, he noticed a burning vehicle on the side of the road. So Leslie, who's a trained EMT, rushed to see whether anyone was injured. Two men told Leslie that the driver was trapped inside the vehicle, which caught fire after colliding with a tree. As the flames continued to grow, Leslie crawled inside the vehicle to attempt to remove the driver. Because of the damage to the vehicle, Leslie was able to pull the driver out through the back seat. As the flames and heat increased, Leslie noticed a bowling ball in the back seat, which he used to break the driver's window. After several strikes, strikes with a bowling ball. (laughs) I don't know if (laughs) it is a good pun. After several strikes with the bowling ball, Leslie was able to reach inside, prying the door open and freeing the driver. If it weren't for the bowling ball, 
I'm not sure how I would have gotten the window smashed to get the guy out. That ball saved his life. <laughs> After prying the door open, Leslie and another passerby pulled the driver from the vehicle. Shortly after, an explosion engulfed the vehicle. Leslie addressed the driver's wounds until the Farmington Hills police and firefighters arrived on scene and took control of the situation. He could be considered a badass. Yeah. How many strikes do you get with one ball? <sighs> he got more than any bowler in the history Multiples. of the PBA. <laughs> right? All right. That's one. I have no words. <laughs> Good uh, thing he didn't throw a gutter ball. He grabs the ball yeah. and it falls in a gutter and rolls away. And then the guy dies. Oh. The ultimate gutter ball. At least he didn't do that. And then he would have been then he would have been a turkey. No, that's if you get three strikes in a row. I that's know, a turkey. But then he would have been a turkey if he had thrown a gutter ball. Just go with the puns, okay? okay. Damn. Hold on. Okay. You don't have that sound effect? Oh wait. Hold on. Get all these damn Hey! Woohoo! <laughs> and I set you up perfectly. And yes, you, you did. I, some, we don't get to use the sound effects every day. All right. Atlanta, Georgia, hello. An, an Atlanta police officer did a very nice act of kindness that was shared far and wide on Wednesday. A video posted on Instagram shows the officer taking a pair of sneakers from her car. And giving them to a shoeless man, not shoeless Joe. Oh. Atlanta police identified the officer as Officer S. Thomas. Maybe she's like Madonna. She doesn't really have a first name. In a Facebook post, police said Thomas had bought the shoes a few months ago for a barefoot homeless man she had encountered while on her shift. After speaking with the man, Thomas left to buy him shoes but when she returned, he was gone. So then she just kept the shoes in her car in case she saw him again. And it had been several months. So this time when she saw him, she was working an extra job at a grocery store. Because we don't make a lot of money, people, as police officers. Oh, she I saw the she man. she was doing like a security job at a grocery store. I was going to say, damn. Yeah. <laughs> she saw the man who was I barefoot. Mean, like, even we have a few Safeways that are... Uh... They need security? Staffed by armed security. No, they okay. actually have an oh. armed security guard on site. Wow. Well, she saw the guy. She went to her car, got the shoes, and then someone, a passerby, saw it, and they filmed it, and then they posted it on Facebook. The police department said she simply saw a person with a need that she could fill and did so. We thank the person who filmed this kind act and who took the time to share with others on social media. So this reminded me of a story. We have a homeless deaf woman in our town. She sleeps in her car. Or she did. I haven't seen her car around. So this winter, we had a ton of snow, and she walked to the police department without shoes on, just her socks, several blocks, to come and ask us for help. I want to learn sign language, by the way, and mainly so I can help people like this. Cause, so I got my notebook out. We started writing back and forth to each other. While we were figuring out what was wrong, you know, I got a towel, dried her feet, and then I asked her what size you are, shoe size. She told me she didn't have a coat. She didn't have shoes. 
So I drove her back to her car. She had gas. I gave her $20 for more gas money so she could stay warm. I gave her a blanket from my squad. Every winter, I put blankets in every squad. So whoever's driving, if we meet any homeless people, we can give them a blanket. Some of them won't take them, though, because they're too proud. But I came home, told my wife, because I've encountered this woman a lot. So my wife then ordered shoes, boots, scarf, and a coat. And then I, I came in, packaged it all up, brought it to work, went to where she parks her car, never saw her car again for months until last month. We get a call. She was in the, in the woods with some other homeless people. There was some big event that happened. And I'm like, hey, I wrote down my piece of paper. Stay right there. I got something for you. She's like confused. And I opened the, I had the stuff in the back of my squad for like six months. And it, it was in a box. It's on top of my ET stuff. It kept falling over. It would slide around. And I told the people that share my car, I'm like, please don't throw this stuff away. It's for somebody. So I opened up the trunk to the squad and I gave her, walk over, open it, pull out the shoes. You know, her eyes get you know, so big. So she got shoes and boots and a coat and a scarf six months later when it's like 90 degrees out. But, <laughs> you know, but she can This guy's trying it. to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking hot out here. <laughs> I'll save the other heroes for next week. But we do have a badass of the week. And I encourage everyone to go to policeone.com and watch this video. Last week, there was a shooting at a warehouse in Nashville. So this video shows the moment where the uh, police show up and they have an encounter with a 22-year-old employee who had opened fire on his co-workers, wounding three. Police re released the body cam footage from the officers who responded to a workplace shooting. Did you get to see this, Brandon? I did. Okay. So... This guy is walking down the street. I give a quick synopsis. And the two officers that are approaching him where the camera is, one's got a long gun, one's got a pistol. Brandon, I ask you tactically because we talk about these things. I'm not sure how I would have approached that whole scenario, but they're both walking up to him, right, with no cover at all. One guy's got a pistol. Yeah. One guy's got the rifle. And they're walking up towards the shooter who's already shot people. Yeah. And he's walking towards a main street. So they end up getting in a gunfight and they shoot this guy. The patrolman with the pistol shoots him. I don't know how many shots he fired. Quite a few. And after they hit him, the guy is still on the ground trying to get away. I don't know if it was involuntarily muscle stuff, but yeah, they ended up having to run up and yeah, but they run up and cuff him. So the video shows officers Dylan Ramos and Chernell 
not really. I can't. I'm going to spell this name. K-I-N-C-H-L-O-E. Is that Kinklo? What do you think? Chernell Kinklo? So the video shows officers Dylan Ramos and Officer Cheryl Kinklo running toward 22-year-old Antonio D. King. Dropped a weapon, they yell several times. He continues walking, but then turns around and appears to point the gun at the officers. And that's when the one officer opened fire. Yeah, he was, was uh, taken to the hospital and died. Yeah, it was Ramos. I, I was re-watching it as you were kind of okay. providing the synopsis. And it's a, a good good shot with a pistol. Heck uh, yeah. Good distance. So Yeah, so it you say they're walking up towards him. So just so that everyone kind of knows if you didn't see it, he's walking away from them. So it's right. not, they're not like closing distance. So No. Um, I, I, I mean, that kind of shot, I'd rather take it with the long gun just yeah i was surprised that wasn't the rifle they had, a, they had a they had a great backstop yeah but there wasn't much cover for them there wasn't have. any I mean, available if, if, if yeah if, if you want a monday morning quarterback and i guess you could argue that they could have grabbed them over the with the squad and then, car and then well brought the car up and used it as cover right. while the rifle operator is is walking alongside it yeah I mean, but but they might not have had enough time. Yeah, and, and there was, yeah, you can see it. I can see it on the camera footage right now. Like they there are trees, but they're about like maybe yeah. four or five inches in diameter. Right. It would be like not enough for a a person to Tom stand Arnold behind. standing behind <laughs> the the post when he's getting shot at in True Lies. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he checks himself and he continues on. Yeah. <gasps> okay. That's what it would have been like. <laughs> Such an underrated movie. It is. And then great job by all the officers there to render aid. Yes. And then Very I think that's so. what happened. I think the guy got hit in uh, in a spot that paralyzed him from the waist down. Because he, if you watch it, the way he's flailing around, his upper yeah. body's moving just fine. But his right. lower body is dead. And he's continuing to fight them as they're trying to cuff him. Amazing. Yeah, well. Nobody accuses the, this guy of being a good human. No. And you can hear them yelling, <laughs> stop resisting. We just filled you full of lead. Stop. Stop. Stop it. All right. That concludes our law enforcement portion. And we are going to move on to the woodworking portion, which should be but short. It will be. It will be. I have just one thing that I've been doing because I worked so much this past week. Oh, which reminds me, I worked my second gig at the WWE Monday Night Raw, and I got to see Goldberg. is war. And I was posted right down next to the ring. Did you you get on TV? I was on TV all night. Goldberg came up by me and gave a little kid a high five. Yeah, Uh, except here's what they tell us. And the guy who runs the WWE security is a badass dude, huge dude. Now, I met him two years ago when I did it for the first time. So he says, this is your post. You sit in this chair. When the match starts, people sit. When the match is over, people stand. You stand, you step aside of your chair, back against the wall. No one gets to your post. 
No one comes up and says, can I get a picture? And then someone jumps over the wall over there. I mean, so we're doing all this stuff, what we're supposed to do. No looking at the match. Okay. Well, here comes Goldberg. I'm like, I got to look at Goldberg. So I turn my head. <laughs> I'm on TV looking, looking right at him. <laughs> he walks right up to me. And right next to me, he gives this little kid a, a fist pump right there, right next to me. So I got to see Goldberg close up. And then one of the other guys, I guess, who's like a surfer dude. I think that's his thing. He like comes out on a scooter or some bullshit. I don't watch WWE. But he comes running out and he comes by my area and he hits me in the back. Like I'm like, what the? F-? So he's like either he's giving me a high back five maybe. I don't know what it was. But he's acknowledging that I was there. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that was cool. And then there's this match between someone named Robbie, I think. So Robbie's getting chased by... I watched it back because I recorded it. Robbie's getting chased by some guy who does fake karate. He even did a really (laughs) bad flip in the ring. Glow was more entertaining to me, but they canceled the show on Netflix. So Bobby comes running up and jumps on the wall right next to me. Scares the shit out of me because I can't... I can't watch the match. I have no idea what's happening. Before the match even started, one of the guys in my section that I'm, a, I'm responsible for that are sitting in seats that they get to take home, that a VIP area, this guy's huge. He had to be 265 pounds with arms the size of my legs. Torso. And he's got, <laughs> yeah. And he, he sits down. He's in seat three. And he says to me, Jesus, I hope the person that sits next to me is about a hundred pound anorexic chick because his arms are like (laughs) sticking into the chair. And I go, yeah, me too, for your sake. And I go, do me a favor. I can't watch. So if someone's coming and hit me, please give me a heads up. He's like, no problem, dude. I got you. I'm like, okay. Well, then the two guys show up that are sitting next to him. And I looked at him. I go, that doesn't look like a hundred pound anorexic chick, anorexic chick. He goes, no, it certainly isn't. So then they got to sit like half cheek on a seat because this guy is so big. (laughs) Everyone's like turned to the side. Yeah. So the guy that's on the end moves over and his left cheek's on his seat so his buddy can move over and share part of his seat so the big guy has room. So this wrestler jumps on the wall. nobody wants to piss off the big guy. Right. Who apparently I heard while we were listening used to wrestle. Okay. So that's kind of cool. So wrestler one jumps on the wall next to me and scares the shit out of me. Wrestler two, after watching the videotape, chases him to the wall and does the fake, I'm going to get you dive. (laughs) As wrestler one jumps off the wall, wrestler two hits the wall and hits me right in the head where I promptly go like this, bitch, like this. I grab him. This arm goes over his left shoulder. This arm grabs his head. I got him in a headlock. He fucking pushes it off on me and goes back to the fight. And the guy in front of me goes, he's got his phone. And he, he brings up the live broadcast on his phone. He's like, dude, you're on TV. You gave him a headlock. I was, when I watched it back, I was hoping I'd hear the, you know, the commentator going, and wrestler, oh, he's in a headlock by the security guard. What's going on? <laughs> but they never even mentioned it. Anyways, 
That must happen a lot if they never mentioned it. I know. Uh, because of all this work, I haven't been in the shop much. So I, I showed you on Instagram Live, I'm doing a big flag, and they want the badge engraved on a block of wood. So I stained this wood last week, and then I engraved this badge. My daughter made the SVG file for this for me, and I'm not happy with how it turned out, so I'm recutting it. I redesigned the border that goes around it. But that's my shop week. I've just been <laughs> too busy with other with actual work and side jobs. How about you? Uh, so if you recall, last week I recall. Was, the, was the eve of Demo Day. Demo! Demo, Demo Day has come and gone. Demo Day. Step one of demo day is come and gone. Yeah, demo day one. So no, it's all. Yeah, no, everything everything got demoed out. Uh, had had some slight frustration. So I got I got to tell a story about Ace that maybe doesn't put him in a great light. But then they get a redemption story. Ace is the like, place with a helpful hardware person. They they are, and I'm going to give them this because they are helpful. Okay. Especially after today. So my wife and I were demoing out the tile, and. Uh, the guy who installed the tile, yes. he did a good job. He did a very good job. That tile was on there. Very good. It was very difficult to take off. He's also a bit of an asshole. Wait. Because <laughs> so we finally get the backs. Well, the uh, the main backsplash off, and then there's some parts on the side because this is kind of like inset. Yeah. So we start demoing out the side, and then we see the cement backer that usually when you lay a tile countertop. You have it underneath there. It's not typically on the frickin' wall. So. Well, it's we a good thing to put that on the wall. For I, I agree. It was yeah. on there very, very well. <laughs> um, but this, like, I, and I've never demoed out tile before. I, I've never done a tile countertop, so I don't know how much you typically put under there. But I figure it's probably not like an inch thick with chicken wire in it. I mean, I, I get it for the strength. Is standpoint. it plaster? Yeah. It's like cement. It, it was weird. It was like they were going to do a cement countertop. And we're like, this looks like shit. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to put tile over this. So yeah, that's weird. We're, yeah. So we get the upper cabinet out. We're demoing out all the tile, get to the countertop and the stuff on the side there. And we're like, our arms are done. So I could go get a, a hammer drill and a, you know, a tile chisel wife goes go you idiot so i go to idiot. Ace. did she Cause... say idiot well, some choice words okay <laughs> it's like yeah go buy that now so go to ace sure enough i mean and, and i don't need like a milwaukee one i'm not going to use it every day so i got the cheap craftsman one i go hey i also need a um tile chisel the bit that that goes in this thing and the guy looks at me and he goes I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a it's a chisel. It looks like a chisel <laughs> that goes inside of this. Like I, I I literally cannot dumb it down for you anymore. He goes, uh, let me see. I go. Did you bring I, up a picture on your you guys, phone? I did through the Ace app. Like there it says, go. you guys sell it. Whether or not <laughs> right you here. have it in store, I don't know. But this right here, this is what I want. He goes, all right. He goes over to his computer and yeah, we don't have it. We don't have it. All right, so I call up the other hardware store in town. Hopes are not high because they're. It, it's a uh, true value, or not true value. I, I, I love true value. Yeah, usually good for like odds and ends stuff, but 
Colin was like, yeah, we don't have that. Okay, cool. So look at Lowe's. Lowe's is like 15 miles away. And on the weekends can get like traffic can get a little stupid for no reason. California. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking online and it won't show like how like the diameter of the shank. So I like this looks correct. Never bought this before a day in my life. Purchase. Cool. Curbside pickup. Uh, my wife, being the wonderful human being that she is, drives over to go get it. Okay. Brings it back. Well, she actually FaceTimes me. She's like, does this look right? Looks like what I ordered. Again, through video, can't really tell shank size right. or anything like that. She brings it home, puts it in my hand, and I go, oh, this feels big. <laughs> this ain't going to work. <laughs> Yank it off. Hold the hammer drill. Look at the, sh- look at the uh, bit. It Brandon fit. is physically hitting his fists together. It don't work. So I begin to fill with rage because now not only have I wasted money, I don't like doing that. And yes, I can return it. And yes, I am returning it. But two, I've wasted time. I've wasted like two, three hours. So... <laughs> I began swinging on this countertop. Oh, I thought you were going to hit the chisel with a hammer, no, not the no, not the hammer I drill. just I went ape shit. I went I went to town on it and then just uh, ripped it up and out. So you didn't even need that hammer a drill. Old, I know I like I did it in like twenty minutes. But you're going to use that <laughs> when you do the other countertops. Yeah. Right? So if we so that's to, another demo day, remember, by the yeah. way. Yeah, that's, that's going to be another demo day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Got that all yanked out. We've got uh, a couple more sheets of plywood to break down because we've had uh, my in-laws in town to kind of hang out and visit. So we didn't get a ton of stuff done. We broke down one of the sheets of plywood uh, for the the pantry insert. And then tomorrow we are breaking down the rest because I want to get this at least built. We can paint it and do all the finishing on it afterwards. But I want to get this built and put in there before we go out of town for a uh, birthday party. So yeah, this coming weekend, I'm, I'm basically going to not have much, if any shop time, which is nice because I don't really have a ton going on. So I'm not like falling behind anything, but I yeah. do want to get this done because our kitchen is uh, not really, well, the, <laughs> the part where we usually sit and eat, we have a eat in kitchen. Yeah. It's, it's very cramped and not, not enjoyable to sit there. <laughs> well, my last <laughs> for, house, for a large human like, me. right. Yeah. My last house, I had someone come and give me a price on a roof. He was a firefighter in the town where I work. He was a dick, too. So I was I have this propensity to tear all kinds of rooms apart when I'm doing home remodeling, not just one room, <laughs> like this house. So in that house, I had the family room was all torn apart, no carpeting, because I was putting new carpeting there. So I took the carpeting out. The ceiling was down because I was putting in can lights. The kitchen, I had torn the whole kitchen out. It had cabinets from 1984. So I tore all the cabinets off the wall. I mounted the wall cabinets in the dining room on the wall at like this level, you know, like chest level. Yeah. All around. 
put the refrigerator in the family room. I made a two by four bench, dropped with a plywood top, dropped the sink in it, mm-hmm. cut a hole in it, dropped the sink in it with one, it was a double sink. One side of the sink had plumbing. The other side had a bucket underneath it. <laughs> so I had been there for like, oh shit, maybe eight, 10 years. No, maybe eight years. So this guy comes to give me a price for the roof because the roof was leaking. And he goes, you guys just move in? <laughs> like, no, you <laughs> cocksucker. I'm remodeling the house. Uh, anyways. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, so this remodel today. All right, so I played golf yesterday. I stayed up after my shift. I went to the my old police department's golf outing, which started at noon. And then dinner's at five, so I didn't get home till like seven thirty or seven, and then uh, I was tired as all hell because you know we've been up for whatever thirty hours. So then today I slept for thirteen hours. <laughs> I got up, you. yeah, and my main goal today was to. Bathroom, work in the bathroom, more mudding, holy shit, more mudding and sanding. And then my dog, who's afraid of construction tools, I'm sanding and and then my dog walks in. There's mind you, there's subfloor down and drywall dust everywhere. He walks in, looks at me, lays down right in all the dust. <laughs> He's covered in looks white you just- drywall dust. <laughs> Just silently looks at you and goes, fuck off. And now I'm going to bring this all over the house. Laid in his bed, all white. Laid on the couch, all white. Laid on the new carpeting, left white spots. So I wanted to do that part first in the bathroom so it has time to dry. And then I've been doing a four-year in a hallway with the wainscoting and the chair rail. So I got the chair rail up. Got it all painted. Now it's time to put the boxes up. So I thought, hey, great. Today I can get all the boxes cut and up. So I have a wall that's on the stairs that I only painted halfway because I was going to put chair rail on it. But when you, if you put a chair rail on this one wall, it would run into some trim that runs along under the overhang of the, of the railing. So it wouldn't look good. So I'm not going to do cherry all there, which means I have to paint the rest of the wall all the way up because it was supposed to be two colors, white and then the color above it. So I finished painting the whole wall, and I'm going to do, I think, three or four boxes on the bottom, and then one less above that, and then one above that. So it'll be a feature wall, and then we can put pictures inside those boxes, you know, photographs. Yeah. So I painted that wall. And, you know, you got to tell the family, all right, wet wall, don't touch the wall. And my daughter's like, don't, we're not don't touch it. stupid. Don't, it. Don't, even, don't even think about it. Right. And then I said, paint tray in the hallway with paint. Open paint can in the hallway. Don't step, don't trip on the paint can, fall on the paint tray and touch the wall at the same time. Don't do it. And then my Those daughter. Three things my, you should not be doing. My daughter comes down and she's like, Dad, 
She's like this by the wall. Oh, and she's, oh, I said, get away from the wall. You're going to accidentally hit the wall. Years ago, years ago, we're playing fast pitch, which I told you about in our pre-show. You take a rubber ball, you throw it against a brick wall. Yeah. So we play fast pitch and we go for the day we're done. So we're standing by our cars. At the time, I had a 1988 Trans Am GTA. So my buddy Mike thinks it's cool to be swinging his bat as we're talking. He hits my car. Boom. Hits the car. I go, what are you doing? He, I swear to God, he said, I was only doing this. It hits my car again. <laughs> what were you doing? I was hitting your car, dumbass. I'm like, get away from the Trans Am. So my wife's like, she's over by the wall. And I go, don't you pull a Nigella, because that's his name, Mike Nigella, calling him out. Don't you pull a Nigella and pretend like you're going to hit the wall, because you're going to hit the wall. So anyways, I drew out all the boxes with pencil and levels and all that shit. And then I came downstairs. Hold on. Did somebody touch the wall? No. Like, did they touch she the wall? She was pretending. No I, one no, touched I know, the wall. but. No one touched it. All that, thank, all that lead up. I thought one of them was going to accidentally like face plant no, into it. I, the only reason I brought that, brought that, brought that up. <laughs> Years ago, when I was the Midnight Handyman, my friend hired me to paint his bedrooms while he was on vacation. Yeah. Okay, so they have no curtains up, right? And they move the furniture to the middle of the room. So I have a step stool, which is actually a two-step wooden ladder. The top step was, you know, it would tilt and was hanky. So I'm rolling, actually rolling. I'm rolling, and I'm painting with a roller. I'm rolling along. I would, I got the paint tray behind me on the floor, on a drop cloth, I would step up on the ladder, touch the headboard to balance, and then paint. So I'm, I'm going so fast, I, f- I figure I got this down like a science. I hop up really fast, lose my footing, go to, I'm falling down, go to grab the headboard, I bounce off the wall, fall straight backwards into the paint pan. Boom! Paint pan, paint goes flying. I'm laying in the paint with the only pair of painter's pants I brought. Mind you, no curtains. I can't get up and walk out of the room with the clothes on because I'll drip paint everywhere. So I got to strip down to my underwear, which now has paint in it, and crawl down the hall. Yeah, so I can't be seen in the window that doesn't have curtains and faces the street. I didn't want that happening here. Seems like it would have been a lot easier just to sink a screw into that top platform there. Yeah, it was like this wide. So anyways, I'm down here. Cutting panel molding to make the boxes is very time-consuming for one because... If you use one saw, you cut a 45 this way, then you got to measure and cut the opposite 45 that way. So you got to swing the saw around, cut, swing the saw around, cut. I'm like, screw that. 
I set the miter station up for the first cut on the 45. And then on my table, right behind me, if I'm facing the miter saw, I took out my little Ryobi seven inch, I think it's seven inch, the little Ryobi miter saw. I put it on the work table and I set that up to the opposite cut. So I would cut one over there, come over here, cut this one. So I had two miter stations going. So I got <laughs> all the trim cut and then it was like 5 p.m. And I'm like, I got to set all this shit up and test this. <laughs> and I was exhausted and had to take a nap. So I did get some woodworking in <laughs> by cutting everything. Just, tuck, just tuckered you right out. It sure did. That was my, uh, that's my shop day. Yeah. So I got to tell the, uh, the redemption story. For oh, Ace. oh yeah. Cause I had to back I, on him a little bit. How the hell did we get out of that? Okay. Redemption. Well, cause you went down your, your Memory rabbit lane. hole of, of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I, I've been joking that Ace never has point. everything that I need. It always has half of the shit. I need. <laughs> so we went, went there today cause they're doing their, um, their bucket sale where you make a $5 donation. They give you a blue bucket. It goes to like uh, pediatric, like uh, okay. cancer research and stuff like that. So it's a good cause. So every year we go to Ace, we'll get the bucket, and then everything you can get in the bucket is like twenty percent off. So That's we're cool. Filling stuff up, and I needed to get the uh, set screw for my new laser, um, that laser. to adjust the the uh, focal height. So, and I have scoured like. Ortour's website looking for like a spit like just a part just to order that part okay. or to see how big that that screw is so I can go find it and somebody had mentioned to me in one of the Facebook groups for that that laser that oh you can get it at ace like they have the size screw I'm like cool so going Good through there finding and someone I'm that like, knows it yeah so I'm like I have the laser in hand and I'm just going through each of their little hardware bins and just like nope too big, nope too big, nope too big, it just like just all the way down. Finally, a guy comes over and he's like, "Hey, do you need help?" And it's the same guy. <laughs> Please don't sell me half a screw. The same guy. Now I said, "Yeah, I need a tile chisel bit." He goes, "I don't know what that is." So I looked at him and I like instantly in my head I'm like, "Oh, you're not going to be." helpful i had like that ron swanson moment where i look at him just go i know more than you yeah so i show him the hole in the laser because i have it there and i'm trying stuff out i go i need a screw that'll fit that that size right there and he just looks at me and goes is it metric or standard and i look at my good question probably I, metric. everything everything that i use for this thing is metric so i'm gonna guess there turns out it's standard Oh, <laughs> go figure. So, yeah, but I'm like, we're going through all these other ones. And he's like, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. And there's this other guy that's kind of being a bit of an annoying asshole, like trying to get this guy's attention while he's helping me. So I'm finally like, just go help him because he's like, I'm about ready to hit him. With a chisel. And I'm a still chisel. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still just like looking through stuff. And I, I just, I've written off this guy. Like he's gone. And uh, he finally, like, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, try this one. It's like, try one of these. I was like, oh, shit, you're back. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> try it out. Like, this one's close. Like, it starts to want to thread, but then it stops. So either the 
the thread count is yeah, off. Yes, coarser. Or, it's not a fine. Or thing. this is just. I mean, we're talking a, a too big, just a just a hair. So go around and I find like the next size down, and sure as shit, that one was the one that worked. Cool. So I want. So that guy, he didn't give up on me. He kept looking. It was great customer service and a great experience. Awesome. And I was I walked out of there with with two of the screws that I needed because I'm bound to lose one of them. Just two? They're like two cents each. And I bought a whole bunch of them. Are you kidding me? Those things were like almost a buck. A whole dollar? Yeah, they were like ninety five cents each. That's weird. Yeah, I thought so too. Hmm. All right. Maybe because they're so small, I don't know that. Like, Did you get the guy's name so you can give him a shout out on our national show I, that I is didn't. I, broadcast overseas? I, I, it, international. 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 Yeah. Uh, no, he just like like the hero he was just disappeared okay. with no disappeared into the fog. recognition. Just a great, just good. So he's one for one. He's batting five hundred. So excellent. Yeah. Next next time I go there, I'm going to avoid him like the plague. Yes, <laughs> unless you need a screw. Yeah, unless, so apparently that's got to be his thing is the hardware section. So Right. Everyone has their so, niche. Yep. I always thought right. it was niche. It's niche. Are you I sure? I don't know. No, I'm not an English major. <laughs> I mean, you said it with confidence. So. It is niche, though. Yeah. You know, they tell you in woodworking if you can find your niche. Or niche if you're in just California. Like, just, just like how CA glue is really just super glue. We just like to complicate it. Right. That's that's the technical name for the C A. Yeah, I, I know can't it's pronounce a weird it. name that like nobody can pronounce. They just go C A glue. Yeah. It's Crazy glue. glue. Yeah. That's a brand. Right. <laughs> I think super glue's a brand too. <laughs> I think it is. That's like it's like uh was it tissue tissue paper? Everyone Kleenex? just calls it Kleenex. Right. Or Q tips. That's a brand. It's not right. actually what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> See, oh, speaking of speaking of branding, Brandon. Oh yes, we have to talk about you are uh, you're going through a bit of an identity crisis. I am. <laughs> you said make a poll <laughs> on Instagram if I should change my name, and, and then you made a good point. You should just keep your name because people you, know and you. And then you never, and then you never did it. <laughs> I didn't do the poll yet, <laughs> but we're going to have a name, a woodworking naming contest, because. I did, I'm trying to build a website. You had mentioned you're thinking about doing a website. So I was going back and forth on this before I found out about the whole name thing. The website on Squarespace or Wix. If you want a website that you can do e-commerce with, you need to pay money. And it was like $26 a month, $24 a month, and that's for the lowest possible type. So I'm, I started thinking, I've only made 10 sales on Etsy. Now, I have a lot of stuff listed on Etsy. So I have to pay a 20-cent listing fee, and then I pay a percentage when I make my sale, right? But to pay for an e-commerce website would be like over 300 bucks. Yeah, for the year. Is it per year? I believe so. It's All right. probably an annual fee for maintenance and, and to keep the domain. Here's my issue. If I had to guess. Right. You can get a domain for 10 bucks for three years or whatever. But the website itself, 
I don't think I'm paying Etsy $300 a year. I'm pretty sure I'm not. So I don't have a ton of e-commerce sales, in my opinion, to justify the website. And I was telling you I was putting off a website because I was going to change my name. I thought. So no one wants to try and find mmmidnightmaker.com. Because there's too really many hours. To, it's really hard to say. Right. When I tell people to DM you. Right. So I thought, oh, the Midnight Maker. No, no, no. That person exists in London. It's a woman who makes stuff. She's got a website, the Midnight Maker. And I don't want. Did you reach out to her? No. You said, I texted you when I found out, and you said, we'll just bump them off. And I said, that's a woman. And you go, yeah. oh, bump her off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're not sexist here. We'll just no. blue barrel her. <laughs> we'll snuff anybody out. Right. Man, woman, trans, I don't care. And then I texted you, Marazzo Woodworking's looking pretty good right now. I knew you laughed at me. <laughs> so well, I it was funny because we were, we were having this conversation and the conversation about finally we found ourselves on Apple. Yes. Woohoo. The problem. We've been By on the Apple way. the entire time. <laughs> yeah. We probably were, but no one could find it. Or I because couldn't find nobody it. Nobody was searching episode three. Right. <laughs> it was all screwy. Anyways, it's fixed. So and, but, we're yeah, but we were having this conversation. I think you had actually called me like talking about the uh, Apple thing. I go, hey man, let me call yeah. you back. I'm about to go arrest this guy. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go arrest someone who's turning himself <laughs> in. For for running somebody over. I'll call you right back. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. So I need a new name. Although I did tell you that even though you realized that, that my sticker that has MM squared means something, and the first yeah. person to physically call it out to me that he yeah. got it was I, at the I golf outing yesterday. I, I understand math. So my daughter's what? making a new logo for me because the moon's hard to put on a branding iron or a stamp. And now that I'm well, not going to be the make it like a star. midnight maker or a crescent moon could you do a crescent moon? Yeah, I, I don't know. But I'm going to rename the company if I get a website. So right now I'm just going to stay the same. But that person's also on Instagram. <laughs> so Oh, we, we, ha we have to invite them on for an Instagram live. Like this has to happen. All right. I'll reach out. Come on. That's <laughs> like, that's great. No, but we found British you. I'm gonna yeah. British I woman think. you. Let's see. Midnight Maker. What's what's her handle? Is it is it just Midnight Maker? I'm looking. There's a Midnight Maker XX. Don't know what that is. Don't want to click on it. Midnight yeah, Maker with link. some Japanese or Chinese um Yep, what I do you call those one. characters? Midnight dot makers, tomorrow maker, midnight makery. Mid dot night dot maker. Midnight dot maker, midnight maker by Anna. The midnight maker. Here she is. The midnight it's maker. The, midni the midnight yeah. maker. The midnight maker. Yeah, and it says 20 pounds, two piece set available to order now. She's got 36.9 thousand followers. It looks like dresses, kids' clothes. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. 
Hold on. I, I got a lot of the Midnight Makers. Is there an underscore anywhere? Oh, the Midnight her, Maker the and then that, an underscore at the end, I think it looks like. Okay. Is it? There are a lot of Midnight Makers. Hold on. See if it'll. Yeah, fit. that's yes. her. Yeah. Okay. With the dresses. So name change coming up soon. Midnight Dang, Maker ninety four. She's got like thirty six. I said thirty seven. Almost thirty seven thousand followers. Jeez. Maybe that's why my account's not growing. <laughs> the woodworker's yeah, like, I don't want to follow someone that makes dresses now, in a wood shop. Crap? How comfortable can it's all they like be? Baby clothing. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious if we invited her on. Well, I will reach I out to her. I think it would be even her. funnier if she said yes. Yeah. All right. I will effort that. That's what we say in the broadcasting business, efforting. All right. So while we're talking about It'll it. Wear all of the most American things I can. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be on the English podcast next week. On the yeah, Thin Blue Line Radio. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be doing our Zoom call to figure out when we're going to record the episode. Then I'll let you know. And if you can make it, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. I'll definitely try. All right. That's all I got. I will mention the new places to find our podcast when we do that part in a minute. All right. So do you have any? Uh... Oh, I have a woodworker shout out. Do you have one? Ooh, shout them out. I can find all right. Ones. Let me get back to my rundown here. <laughs> <laughs> it's my buddy, Alan Brady. At Brady.design.woodworks. Alan is in Iowa. He has helped me out tremendously. He does cornhole boards and flags and stuff, but he does like the full vinyl cornhole boards and he makes the oh, vinyl wow. stuff. So I had needed some vinyl, vinyl stuff or vinyl work done for a project probably almost two years ago. And Alan's part of our Midwest Maker meetup. And cool. I reached out to him, and he talked me through a bunch of stuff, and then he made, he made me a logo for a flag I was making for St. Baldrick's that I gave away for uh, donating to my St. Baldrick's fundraiser. So he did the logo for me and sent me the uh, vinyl cutout that I used for the flag, which I can now do now myself because I have a cricket machine. So at the nice. time I didn't, but he's got the big vinyl stuff he can do. So everyone check oh, so him out. The, like industrial size stuff. Yeah. He does great work. He's a great guy. So check him out. Do you have anybody? Yeah. I'm going with uh, our good buddy, friend of the show, <laughs> Brian Luke over at Dogwood Custom Builds. Brian Luke, no. not yeah. Luke Brian. Not Luke Brian. Brian I've heard Luke. him sing. It's not the same. So Brian actually came over on a demo day. He Wait, lives what? Just, yeah, he came over because he had mentioned before he wanted a shirt from the agency yeah, that I work at. Yeah, I thought at. you were bringing him one, but he came up by you. Yeah, so he came up uh, He posted pictures of the journey so in we, his car. Yeah, so we hung out for a little bit. Uh, he actually got to see the crazy cat lady of the neighborhood <laughs> and said, is that a fucking cat? Is she walking a cat? Yeah, oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. So so he got to see the actual uh, thick layer of cement that I got to rip out. Wow. So, But he's always super helpful. 
he puts out great stuff and he does absolutely awesome work. So, Oh, he's just fantastic. And what I like about Brian, other than him being a, just a fantastic person, he will show you and point out his mistakes, which is very cool. Yes. He shares a lot. Yeah. He's been having some trouble with the router. And he was a guest, so people should know him. (laughs) He was. Yeah, Yeah, he is. So he, if you he wants to come back him, on, you, you should be. I, he oh, if you're not, come back on. yeah. If, if you're, you're not, not following, following him, you're wrong. Yeah, that's two good quality uh, woodworking shoutouts there. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Any words of wisdom? If you're buying something that you're not a hundred percent on, don't buy it online. Put it in your hand and go. Eh, it's too big. I need something smaller. Or this ain't right. Don't do what you did. Don't do what I did. Don't be me. Be better. Don't, don't be Brandon. So you don't get it home and then, it doesn't fit. <laughs> the, eh. Maybe if I just hit it harder. You have to hit it harder. That's what she said. Yeah. Don't forget new episodes of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast are released every Wednesday or Tuesday if you're on the West Coast best coast we are now available on apple or always have been been and nobody knew (laughs) and we are also whatever this is podbay.fm and listenernotes.com with all the other ones as well like deezer i got Deezer and spotify yeah, and Pandora. I just like, say, I just like saying Deezer. Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all of them. So where do people send questions? Because for freak's sake, no one's getting this message. All right, look, people. <laughs> Ask a fucking question. Anything. I don't care what it is. Ask what my favorite color is. I'll tell you. I'll answer it live on air. If you, if you record a voice memo and send that, guess what? We'll put you on the show. Your stupid voice will be famous, but you got to send it in, all right? Tired of freaking asking you every week. Keep saying, oh, send in, send in, we send you stickers. I'm afraid. Now I'm, just, now I'm just, you know what? You know what? Now you done pissed me off. Send a goddamn question. Do it. I dare you. I dare do you. It. Do it. Do it. You won't do it. You're too scared. <laughs> smells like bitch up in here. Send Where do they questions. send them? Do it. Well, they can send it to you at, at MM Midnight Maker. They send it to me at Full House Woodworking. I dare you. Do it. Or they can send it to the show page at Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast. Or they can send emails to Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast at gmail.com. That's a lot of ways. Do it. Do it. Do it. I dare you. I dare you to do it. Buff. Just do it. Do it! I'm here! Kill me! Get to the chopper! chopper. Be safe in the shop and on the streets! Peace!